music has to go. That's what it sounded like Thursday in Montreal when a crowd of about 500 people protested against the Quebec government's passing of Bill 96. The bill passed in the National Assembly on Tuesday, and it brings with it sweeping powers to apply mandatory French in the workplace now to smaller businesses with between 20 and 50 employees. They could face stiff fines if language inspectors raid them and discover they're not operating completely in French, and the inspectors won't need a warrant to do this. Meanwhile, enrollment in English CJEPs will be capped, and new immigrants will have to learn French within six months, after which they won't be allowed to be served in English to get driver's licenses, birth certificates, and more. Already, the English Language School Board in Montreal has vowed to challenge the bill in the courts, and so has a group of Montreal lawyers, including Julius Gray, who thinks they could take it all the way to the United Nations. Meanwhile, the federal justice minister, David Lametti, says he'll likely intervene, although Quebec invoked the notwithstanding clause in the Constitution to prevent anybody from challenging this new bill. So you wonder, why are the one million English-speaking Quebecers so anxious? Well, because while Quebec Premier François Legault says the bill is supposed to better protect the French language, critics say it does so at the expense of the constitutional rights of minorities, including the Jewish community, and squeezes their access to education, health care, government services, and even jobs. Here's Montreal Area Liberal MP Anthony Housefather speaking to the CBC. My biggest concern is as an English-speaking Quebecer, it misdiagnoses what the problem is in terms of protecting French. French as we all know, is a language that is a minority language in North America and vulnerable from international forces. But it's not the English-speaking minority in Quebec that is causing declines in French. And I think that the bill takes away rights of the English-speaking community in Quebec to do many things that we've done in English in Quebec since Confederation, um, and that doesn't promote French or help French at all. It just makes our increasingly bilingual English-speaking community feel marginalized and wondering about what its place is in this province. I'm Ellen Besner, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like for Monday, May 30th, 2022. Welcome to the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. I'm old enough to remember when Quebec's Bill 101 came in 45 years ago. The charter of the French language led to an exodus of 600,000 people out of the province, including many English-speaking Jews, and I was one of them. Although surveys show that since then, the English-speaking community has embraced learning French, and many young English-speaking people can and do and work and live in French just fine. Opponents feel the Quebec government's just ignored all this progress, and the new bill could spark another exodus, they fear, which would mean the erosion of the historic English-speaking Jewish community. Coming up, we'll hear some reaction from Quebec. But first, here's what's making news elsewhere in Canada right now. I'm Anita Bromberg, Canadian Anti-Semitism Education Foundation, and this is what Jewish Canada sounds like. An estimated 15,000 people marched through a midtown Toronto park Sunday for the 53rd annual Walk with Israel. It was the first in-person walk since the pandemic. Organizers say they raised $1.5 million this year, which is the most money they've ever raised for a walk. Many politicians and community leaders were at the event, including Conservative MP Pierre Polievre, who's in the running for the leadership of his party, and some fellow parliamentarians, Melissa Lansman, Yara Sachs, and Marco Mendicino, and even the mayor of the southern Israel border town of Sderot, 
Alon Davidi. There was a small but loud protest by about 30 anti-Israel activists on the street across from the after-party, including some ultra-Orthodox Jews. They waved Palestinian flags and chanted, but Toronto Police had a mounted unit on horses on hand to keep them away from the Jewish festival, and no arrests were made. Joining us now is Marvin Rotrand. He's a former Montreal city councillor and now heads the League for Human Rights of B'nai B'rith. Our initial reaction in Quebec, what are people feeling? What have you been hearing? I'd say the law is considered more than troubling. There's a lot of disquiet in the community. Uh, the Jewish community in Quebec remains largely Anglophone. And uh, it's an aging community and it doesn't have a pool of rabbis and clergy uh, who can serve the needs of the entire community. And it has to go outside the province, the United States, the United Kingdom, and elsewhere uh, to see if it can bring top rabbis in. Uh, The concern was that the changes proposed by this law would make Quebec less competitive in a competitive market where our local synagogues are competing against others elsewhere. Where before a, a rabbi could be guaranteed that his children could go to an English-language Jewish school for three years under an exemption under the previous legislation, which could then be renewed and renewed under the current legislation. That was going to be reduced to two years and only one time with no possibility of extension. And today, um, you know, we've gone public to say, hey, we will be joining those who are going to be contesting the bill. And we're urging a lot of vigilance on the part of the federal government because the entire nature of the country is actually questioned by this bill. Does a province have the unilateral right to put aside the Canadian Constitution and the amending formula of the Canadian Constitution? Uh, We would suggest not. uh, And we think it's in the interest of all Canadians that uh, intrusions into federal, clearly federal jurisdictions be opposed and that an abusive use of notwithstanding clause needs to be pushed back on as well. What we're seeing here is the notwithstanding clause uh, is being used preemptively at the beginning of the process. The adoption of the bill, by the way, is only the beginning of a three-year implementation period. And the use of the notwithstanding clause cuts off debate in the National Assembly, and it basically tells Canadians living in Quebec that you don't have the right to use the courts to defend your interests. That's not what uh, the notwithstanding clause was supposed to be in our estimation. And as well, this is an assault on the Charter of Rights, the Quebec Charter and the the Federal Charter of Rights. And if you don't even have the ability to go to court, uh, this is not how a democratic state is supposed to function. We look at the bill in a practical sort of way. We look at the Jewish community in Quebec. It's an older community than elsewhere in Canada. Um, When Bill 101 was adopted in 1978, there was an exodus of Anglophones out of the province that included a large part of the Jewish community. Including me? I was one of them. While there's been some renewal, the community tends to be older. And elements of the community are, you know, are under this law, not considered to be Anglophone and will not have access to services in English. There's a large Russian Jewish community that's installed itself in Quebec, mostly live in West End Montreal. Uh, A lot of those people speak English as a second language. 
they never went to high school in in English in Quebec. Um, and as people who may have lived here 40, 50 years, but who don't qualify under the law's definition in English, may not have access to healthcare services in, in English anymore. And that's very, very troubling. Healthcare uh, services are supposed to provide the best quality care to the patient. There shouldn't be a litmus test about language to say the patient doesn't have the ability to be well informed and to make informed decisions. That's scary because it could put people's lives at jeopardy. Does this feel as if the efforts of Anglophone and also Jewish, but Anglophone Quebecers to integrate into society is being forgotten about because it's like, they haven't seen all the progress in the past 40 years? I think most Francophones uh, probably aren't aware of where this bill actually goes. And any real societal debate will probably have most people turn against the bill, including Francophones. There are already a couple op-ed pieces in La Presse, which I thought were, you know, really good. But most people aren't aware because it doesn't affect them. Um, They... You know, I'm seeing a party in power in Quebec, which in, in, in essence is indépendantist party light. They put aside the indépendantist agenda to try to do the same thing within Canada. Um, and, you know, most people say, well, at least we're not voting on independence anymore. There's no more referendums or anything like this. Having said that, um, I think relations between English and French speakers are actually pretty good in, in Quebec. Uh, there are... You know, clearly people who have integrated, who are comfortable being bilingual. And I, I think that, uh, you know, on, in general, there isn't tension or hostility. Language isn't an issue. It's an artificial issue for a government that um, is, you know, really basically rural and not comfortable with a Quebec that's beginning to reflect uh, a more diverse Canada. I stood up in city council in my last couple of years and I said, you know, Montreal has more in common with Toronto or Vancouver than it does with Quebec City or Saguenay. Montreal is a city with a lot of immigrants. 31% of the population is visible minority. The historic Jewish community still has 90,000 people in the Montreal area on the island of Montreal. There are people who come from the four corners of the world. Their kids go to school in French. Their kids are trilingual. Those people have a brilliant economic future ahead of them. So this law flies in the face of reality. There is no threat to French in Quebec. French right now is vital. It's not threatened. People can live and work in French. They do live and work in French. And even in Montreal, the supposed threat to French is overblown. But in terms of, you know, the Jewish restriction on uh, open displays of being a Jew, speaking your own language, getting a job, this 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 has long, long memories for some people. Have are you been hearing that sort of framework on this law? And I, I don't want to use Nazi because it's not the right appropriate at all no. comparison. But do you know what I'm saying? You have a lot of Holocaust survivors in Montreal, right? And descendants. So how, yeah. have you heard anything about that? The government has given no indication that it understands the angst that uh, is out there. Uh, I'm the son of Holocaust survivors. There are precious few left in the Montreal area. Um, but however, older people are worried are worried about the you know implications of the bill. For me, the real issue is the bill may well encourage young people to leave. We had a massive exodus out of Quebec after Bill 101, and that included the Jewish community. 
if it happens again, we will see the erosion of our community. It, Montreal used to be the epicenter of the Jewish community in Canada. It was the heart of uh, Jewish life in Canada. Uh, there are Jews now, you know, in Toronto and Vancouver and Calgary and elsewhere. So, oh yeah, I'm a Montrealer. I went to high school in Montreal. In fact, you know, in my high school graduating class reunion, there were very few of us left in Montreal. Um, or people say, yeah, hey, my dad was born in Montreal. That's a loss to Quebec. That's a loss to Montreal. And if we are going to lose young people because uh, they don't see a welcoming future because of a bill like this, uh, it, it doesn't uh, portend well for the community. In terms of the issue of it being able to track clergy, without the ability to do this, the community would eventually fritter away and there would be no Jewish future in Quebec. And that's what Jewish Canada sounds like for this episode of the CJN Daily, sponsored by Metropia. Integrity, community, quality, and customer care. It was so great meeting so many CJN Daily fans and new supporters at our booth at the Walk with Israel's After Party. And one of the people we met gets today's listener shout-out. She's Jordi Bard. She's in grade 12 at Tannenbaum Chat High School in Toronto. And we'll end the show with a little more from the Walk with Israel. Here's former Senator Linda Frum, who's now chair of UJA's Toronto Jewish Federation at the start line. Our community has always had a special relationship with Israel and a close connection to the Israeli people. Just as we show our solidarity and take pride in all that Israelis have achieved, we are proud of the fact that Toronto is home to one of the largest celebrations of Israel in the world. This episode has been brought to you by Looking Back, Moving Forward, 160 Years of Jewish Life in B.C. Published by the Jewish Museum and Archives of British Columbia for their 50th anniversary, this elegant volume is a -a once-in-a-generation collection of Jewish life and history throughout the province. Order your copy today at jewishmuseum.ca.